I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hello, my darling friends out there, and welcome to the podcast We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. This is your host, Christine Guthrie, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. I've got a little bit of a cold today, but still, welcome. In this podcast, we're seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Our interview today is with Andrew Trin, local food photographer. Andrew is another one of the local folks that we became friendly with online initially. Um, if you've not seen any of his photos, you should go check them out right now at Andrew Trin Photography on Instagram. He tells us that he's had experience shooting all types of photos over the years, but had his reasons as to why he's just sticking to food photography. Like I said before, it's like, I love food. Food has never let me down, and food doesn't argue back. Can I just also mention for the fact, folks, he is 23 years old. Another interesting thing we learned earlier this year about Andrew is that his family owns a restaurant, Pho Grand, on South Grand, which is one of the oldest Vietnamese restaurants in St. Louis. His parents are immigrants, and they opened that restaurant in 1989. Thanks so much for tuning in, and please enjoy our conversation with Andrew Trin. Andrew, hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for having us. Yes. No, yeah, is this, a, this can't be the first time you guys done it outside your home, is it? It's only, I think, the second time. Okay, yeah. nice. Where was the first place? Yeah. Um, uh, it's Amir Ghana. Yeah, we traveled to Miley. Oh, nice. And recorded it in there. That's awesome. It was pretty good. Yeah. We were able to, to manage pretty well. The sound didn't hinder us too well. Not so much. Just kind of even the people talking in the background. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed more comfortable meeting in a neutral place in our home. Yes. Nice. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But today, we, you've invited us to your, your workspace. Yeah. So where are we today? So we're at Kobo, which is St. Louis's uh, newest co-working space. Um, we're downtown at Fourth and Pine, uh, steps away from the Arch. So, yeah, it's the old Mississippi Valley Trust Company building. It was built in 1896, and it's the first time in a long time this building has been, like, open to the public again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, downstairs there's a great cocktail bar, um, yes. which is a great, you know, reason to come hang out down here. But, you know, people can get work down here all the time, so nice. it's really cool. So Excellent. Okay, and you have a couple glasses out today. Yes. What did you bring for us? Okay, so I have two bottles because I couldn't decide what I wanted to bring. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of options. <laughs> But I chose uh, Macallan Rare Cask, um, which is a gift I got for my birthday uh, this past year. Um, I think it's just a hands-down mm-hmm. great blend of scotch, yeah. um, single malt. And then also I have a really cool bottle of um, Demerara Dark Rum from Samaroli. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys familiar with Samaroli at all? I'm not. I don't think so. So Samaroli is an independent bottler. A lot of independent bottlers are scotch uh, independent bottlers, so they'll buy a bunch of different barrels of scotch and blended themselves or do whatever the heck they want with it, right? Um, Sam Rimoli is one of the first few people to really get into the rum market. So they've been buying barrels of rum from uh, distilleries mm-hmm. and uh, been doing whatever they want with it. And this one is a uh, Demerara Dark Rum from Guyana, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it doesn't say on there. There's really like, no information on here, but 
the only really major producer in Guyana that does Demerara Dark Rum is um, El Dorado. Mm. So this is basically a uh, El Dorado 1995 bottled in 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. Yeah, so it's one of uh, bottle number 19 out of 275. So it's a really, really delicious rum. And I got this bottle in an auction. Um, it was a... Uh, it was like I hadn't had a bottle for my birth year yet, and I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's go for it. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Cool. Uh, Which one would you guys like to start off with? The scotch or the rum? Or I don't know. What what might be a good progression? I think we should do the rum first. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Yeah, these uh, vintage rums. I've had the cool chance to try a lot of vintage rums lately, um, thanks to people like. Tim Wiggins because he's opening up Yellow Belly, mm -hmm. um, and they uh, are going to have a pretty cool rum selection. But we got to try a lot of vintage stuff, and a lot of them are just completely different from nowadays. Rum, yeah, so. I bet. Cheers! Thanks Cheers. so much. Cheers. The first thing I get with it is that like a lot of the vintage rums are like very for lack of better terms, like single note, um, but they're drier, mm -hmm. a whole lot drier, and mm -hmm. you don't really get that nowadays. Mm -hmm. I feel it makes it, like a lot of rums are just like packed with a bunch of sugar that they mm -hmm. don't need. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I really, really enjoy this. Excellent. Cool. Okay, so let's sip on this, and then I guess we'll, we'll switch over whenever yeah. the time is <laughs> When we run out. <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, Andrew, who are you? Oh, who am I? That's a good question. Um, so I'm Andrew Trin. Uh, I'm 23 years old. I'm a St. Louis native, uh, born and raised here, and I love St. Louis. Um, I grew up in the restaurant industry. My parents own Pho Grand, um, which has been around for a very long time. We always joke that that was my parents' first child and their favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> but so I grew up in the restaurant industry, um, loved people, um, and just like loved, had just an affinity for the restaurant industry. People always say like, do what you love. Um, and for me, it's like, I, there's a lot of things I have passions about, but like food is one of those things that like will never get old to me. Um, so I studied, uh, when I went to SLU, I studied, uh, psychology and uh, entrepreneurship mm -hmm. thinking that maybe one day I want to open up my own restaurant. But right now it's gotten me to, uh, working at a co-working space. Um, so I'm full-time here at Cobo, which is where we're at today. And, uh, I'm also a food photographer, which I feel like a lot of people in St. Louis know me, um, for. And then, of course, when I'm not doing either of those two things, I'm at the restaurant. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Now let's slow things back here a little bit. You said something about studying psychology and entrepreneurship. Did you go to restaurants? Yeah. Is so that really what it takes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's what it takes, but it's just like something that was really uh, intriguing to me. It's like, I never, I'm not a person who likes a lot of form, um, mm -hmm. per se. Um, and so studying entrepreneurship really gave me the ability to be like, well, whatever I do in life, at least I have like a business background and I can sure. make a business out of it. Yeah, um, psychology I mainly did, I mean like, there's classes I hated taking like um, child psychology or like, uh, or like neuropsychology just wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I like really enjoyed like the social aspect of it. Sure. And then I just like, it was, it was really instilled in me in high school when like I took my first psychology class. I was like, I really like understanding how people work, um, mm -hmm. especially like in the restaurant industry, which is like super stressful. Um, how do you make people happy? Um, how do you take care of your employees and all yeah. that? So, or like, how do you read a customer to make sure they sure. get what they want? You know, so yeah. yeah so that's uh, 
that's like a lot of the reason why I did all that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So probably growing up in the restaurant, you kind of that was an instilled in you, really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's something like, you know people are like all different. They all have different needs. Um, and be to be able to like read somebody is like a, a big thing to me. Not for like a mm-hmm. selfish standpoint, but more for like a uh, I just want to make people happy standpoint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've been going to the Folk Ranch since you know, the nineties. Mm-hmm. So it's it's such so interesting that you mentioned that you're you're twenty years old. So mm-hmm. nineteen ninety five. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! So wow. thank you for funding my uh, my education. Exactly. <laughs> Appreciate I was more it. That. I wonder if I, I even, even saw you or something. During yeah. That. So so born in 1995, the restaurant opened up in 1989, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, we moved, so we were right next door. Um, at, I believe it's like 3193 South Grand. I believe is what the number was. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're at 3195. We just moved right next door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that happened, I believe, in like 2000. I was very young, so I don't remember okay. that whole okay. lot from it. But yeah, but grew up in a restaurant and. That's just the way it is, so. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's a really yeah. big part of me. What did you do at Fog Grand growing up? Oh, um, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Messed with customers yeah. was, you know, like, oh. it was, it, this whole, like, entrepreneurship thing, like, was really instilled in me, like, as a kid. I don't know why, but, like, I remember there's, like, stories of people coming in that I just don't even remember them being, like, yeah, and he's, like, make drawings and like sit on the stairwell and sell them for like a quarter a piece i was like i was like i was like you know like a young kid just trying to make a buck (laughs) you know so um but like nowadays like i just help out uh you know like some people might say like oh assistant general manager or whatever it is but really it's like it's kind of like for lack of better terms a glorified busboy i kind of go uh i kind of do what i need to do to make sure everything's running smoothly (laughs) you know so uh if you need me to be um Wiping down tables, I can do that. If I need to be making coffees, I can do that. If you need me to host, I can do that. Or maybe sure. you want something in the back and I'm, you know, peeling potatoes or something. Mm-hmm. I can do yeah. that as well, so for sure. Yeah. And so this is your parents' restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So it's my parents' restaurant. Still, They're still running it. They work super hard, and I appreciate them a lot. Um, I mean, of course, as everybody knows, it's not easy running a restaurant. Yeah. Um, and they just work like, you know, 11 hour days every day. Six, well, like six days a week, yeah. you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and it's every day's different, you know? So you can't expect uh, um, to have that same kind of form all the time. You know, one day mm-hmm. uh, everything's going well, and the next day someone's sick, and then you don't realize, but you're going to be working in the kitchen, and that's just mm-hmm. how it is. So, so is this, does this have anything to do with you becoming a food photographer, or is it more it's like, I mean, I think if you saw food all the time growing up, you'd be sick of it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> people always ask me all the time when they come into the restaurant. They're like, like, hey, uh, like, what's your favorite thing to eat here? I'm like, I've had probably every dish like mm. 15 times over. You mm. know what I mean? And it's a big menu, <laughs> but uh, I think it did play a it did play a part in uh, how I got into photography. So I guess like the whole not like to transition, but like to get into photography, like uh, it was in high school. Well, I guess when people ask me how I got into photography, it was like. As a kid, I was always like more the creative type, more than the sporty type. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't do a lot of sports or anything, but I, I played piano. I taught myself how to play like by ear and then like guitar, music production and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But then I remember as a kid, I would always like take my dad's camera and like take photos all the time, but he would get mm-hmm. mad because <laughs> I was using film and the film's expensive. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can't be doing that. <laughs> so, um, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So um, there was always this like part of me that really loved photography. In high school, I did a lot of photo editing uh, for the school newspaper and just randomly just for fun. Um, in college, uh, like I was like right out of high school into college, I was doing a bunch of like 
these large events with a bunch of my friends and doing videos for that. Mm-hmm. And then I was in between, I was like, do I want a camera? Do I just want like a GoPro, like something to catch, capture all these like moments? And my friend was like, you should really get a camera. So I did. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, What's your first camera? My first camera was a Nikon D3300. Um, That's awesome. My first one was a Nikon 3000. Nice. <laughs> oh, actually, no, 3300. It's a 3300, I think. 3300. Mm-hmm. It was one, yeah, it was just, you know, like a, one of those, yeah. the Nikon T, like T3i equivalent, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got that, and so really, like, I was like, do I want a Canon? Do I want a Nikon? I really chose one that just felt best in my hand. Sure. Um, so I got that, and then before I knew it, I was like, just, I got into street photography, um, which I feel like a lot of people do, because it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, even though St. Louis really isn't the greatest place for that because not many, many people walk around, but mm. when you do capture those moments, they're really awesome. Yeah. So I was sharing those on Instagram and whatnot. Um, I remember walking around the college campus slew, um, and I took some photos just randomly of uh, sorority girls during their bid days, mm-hmm. which is wild. Um, <laughs> and before I knew it, like a week or two after I got my camera, I got a cont- uh, like an Instagram message from one of the sororities like, hey, we can pay you to take our photos. And I was like, huh, I can make money off this. This is cool. <laughs> and so as a, uh, as a sorority photographer in college, that was like probably the best job <laughs> I could have. <laughs> but I'll get invited to all these parties and hang out with pretty women. And it's like, oh, this is really, really great, right? Um, but it was a good time. And then I realized like after a while, I did that like throughout college. And then um, basically so, like for like three years, and then I also did uh, headshots, and I did portraits, um, and I did like two weddings, and then something just clicked in me where I was like, I don't want to do portraits or like people anymore. Like I think I just got kept on getting random requests. I think the most ridiculous one I ever got was like, it was for like an engagement shoot. Hmm. And I was like doing like some storyboarding with them. Like, okay, like what kind of photos do you want? Do you want to be high key, like outside? Where's the location? What, 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 what do you want? You know, because I want them to be happy. I remember one of them was like, can you like, we brought our like our own pictures, like can you like make it look like something like this, like this is what we really, really like. And the only common theme in all these photos was rain. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, they really love these rain shots. I'm like, I can't make it rain, like, <laughs> but you know, I was like, this is ridiculous, I can't do this. So I was like, yeah. I'm sure you guys gotten like, probably have gotten some ridiculous requests over time, being like, can you do this or can you do that? Well, no, not really because everything we do, it's, um, come on. Not on their volition. We go to places and sure, you know, uh, maybe it's a few times. I don't think we ever asked us to do any kind of particular shots. No. Does they take a picture of this food? Mm-hmm. Maybe if it's like a, a product, like a brand. Sponsorship yeah, thing. Well, we did a little. Uh, we actually did. We only done a few sponsored things. Mm-hmm. One we did was for Cayman Jacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually a good product. We actually it liked is. it. And I was surprised because I just think I think a bottle of cocktail tastes good. Mm-hmm. But like they had specific requests about how to do the photography, mm-hmm. and it's like that got like a little kind of oh, yeah. But it wasn't anything as weird as make it rain. Or <laughs> yeah, it's like can you make it rain or like much. Yeah. like yeah, it was it was insane. And they're like we really like these photos, and it's like all in like I don't know like uh, the middle of the desert. I'm like we're in St. Louis, <laughs> <laughs> like unless you're gonna fly me somewhere, like I just this is not gonna happen, right? Yeah. Um, so I was like I really don't want to do food photography or I don't want to do like portrait photography anymore yeah. weddings because mm-hmm. it's just getting ridiculous <clears throat> and it just took a lot of time and uh you know as a like about to graduate college and trying to figure out like what I want to do with my life um it's like I don't really have a lot of time and I still don't have a lot of time you know yeah. um but I remember I was like I still love photography like what do I want to do and uh like I said before it's like I love food food has never let me down and food <laughs> doesn't argue back <laughs> with me you know what I mean <laughs> so it's like so yeah I'm gonna do food photography and so the way I got into it was 
around that time, I discovered Retreat Gastro Pub. Mm. And I remember walking in that first day, and I was like sitting there during like lunch hours and looking at the menu, and I was just looking at the bartender and who it's Tim, and he and I are like just back and forth, just looking at each other, like, with, and we're like, who are you? Because I know mm. who you are, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was funny because Tim grew up with, so I grew up in Webster and Tim went to Webster and he grew up in Webster as well. Oh. We had mutual friends. He was like good friends with like my cousins and everything. Um, and wow. so we just like hit it off. We're like, oh yeah, like we, we grew up together basically. We had mutual friends and we mm-hmm. hung out like randomly uh, before. Mm-hmm. And so um, got into cocktails that way. And then uh, one time I was like, hey, like Tim, like can I try taking photos of your cocktail menu? And if it works out, you can use the photos. It'll be great. And if not, I know that I'm not good at cocktail photos. And before I knew it, um, I was taking photos for retreat and then like Planner's House and Olive and Oak and just a bunch of places. So, I mean, really, what I've seen from you is these amazing cocktail photos. Yeah, thank you. The the colors, the sharpness, the highlights, everything is so perfect. I don't know how I like it, kind of just I fell into it, you know. Mm. Um, I I like, like, like you, I do a lot of like natural light. Um, and the thing is, like, I don't do a lot of staging the hardest thing for me is when people are like well let's do like something for a magazine and they want it to be staged yeah uh that's super hard for me i don't have an eye for that i think what's really fun i think what adds the pressure and why i get those photos is because i'm doing everything during normal service hours exactly and so it's like it's getting really busy in here i'm on a chair in the middle of the restaurant you know like just looking down someone probably thinks i'm ridiculous right now oh yeah yeah but that's just what i do and like the lights going down it's like you know especially in the winter it's just like well i get off of work at five and sun's about to set and let's see how many photos we get within this 30 minutes man yeah we call it gorilla photography that we do yeah and like we did we we switched cheat a little bit since then we i have a portable little led light i have Mm -hmm. that i use sometimes but um, most part, we just go places and see we just what we got. Exactly. If it's dark, if it's very little light, we figure out how can we make this work. Whereas putting a cocktail on top of a phone to yeah. light it up. Well, I, I remember yeah. the first time I saw you do it, I was like, that is mad genius. Actually, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. It's actually Christine's idea. She's That's a mad genius. So, so no, smart. It, was, it, was, it took a lot of cocktails. <laughs> yes, it did. It's just like, you know, you're drinking, you're like, wait a minute, I can put my uh-huh. cocktail, cocktail on my phone and it's yeah. lit up perfectly. I know, I think it was, I'm sitting somewhere, I don't honestly It's Royale. Know. Was it? It's old-fashioned okay. Royale. And yeah. you nice. know, a lot of places they have little tiny tea lamps, I'm like mm-hmm. gathering, I was like, that looks dumb. Where can I yeah. put some yeah. light? Uh-huh. Totally feel that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing though, um, ever since I uh, discovered that you can do that, I've been doing a little bit of that as well. Um, but I have also been carrying around this little lamp uh, as like this little flashlight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it when you're in a dark restaurant, a flash really annoys people and scares people. Yes. But the moment you turn on like a flashlight, people just think you're weird. But then they get yeah. used to it, they just ignore yeah, yeah. you. You know what I mean? So it's actually because of you that I actually bought the little tiny portable lamp. Nice LED lamp. So it just comes around. It's full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Inspiration from everybody. Yeah. Cheers to that. <laughs> oh man. I'm trying to think of a random left turn question to ask mm-hmm. you now. Yeah, sure. Mm. What do we go? Mm. I didn't bring a list. I didn't either, but uh, so where's some places you like to eat? All right, Physical. so ooh, where do I like to eat? Or do you only eat in Paris place? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I, I like to I like to get around. Um, I often find myself 
because I live out in Webster, I really do enjoy eating at Olive and Oak quite a bit. Yes, um, yeah. There's something about Jesse's food that just like, mm-hmm. it's just so phenomenal. I mean, yeah. um, and actually just the entire program at Olive and Oak oh, is yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we got uh, Charlie Martin and Morgane oh there. Oh my gosh. gosh. They're like, amazing. Yes. Uh, they work so well together. Yeah. Um, and every time I go there, which is very often, there's something new to try. Mm-hmm. And that's like the same thing with the food program as well. Um, Jesse has this quality that I haven't been able to find in many chefs in St. Louis or just in general that you can have such a contemporary and modern food item and it's just like off the spot, you know, it's like, oh, this is like new today. And, but the way she cooks is everything's so homey that it just feels like home when you're eating it, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I am very fulfilled. Uh, when I eat this, and I could die happy, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I could die right now, and I'm 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 good. So, yeah. Yeah. um, that like I'm sure you guys have been there. The the burger, yes, is, it, is, it is actually good. It's it a is really good. phenomenal burger. Yeah. Um, they also had on the menu for a while, uh, albendigas, which I off the whim just ordered randomly because mm. I was like, that's really fun to say, mm. not knowing what it was. That's meatballs, right? <laughs> yeah, so lamb meatballs, and she mm. did it with this like cilantro broth. And uh, they have, they have, in my opinion, hands down, like the best grits I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good. I they're do like them. Yeah. Really, really perfect. So other than eating there, like all the time, um, you'll often find me at retreat. Um, yes. I think Tim, like, it's just because there's this personal connection there, just because that was like really the first place that really got me into the whole food, mm-hmm. uh, photography, and like cocktail industry scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really love eating there and hanging out there. When it comes down to it, like. The food anywhere can be good, but for me, what makes it or breaks it is going back to the whole psychology thing is the the friendliness of the staff and how at home I feel. Because mm-hmm. um, if somewhere like if like place A and place B are the same exact like food quality, I'm just gonna go to the place that makes me feel better, mm-hmm. right? So um, Tim does that really really well at retreat, um, and I know it's gonna be just like that at Yellow Belly. Um, mm-hmm. Olive and Oak always feel at home there. Um, Trying to think of other places I go. I go a lot of places. I just can't think of anything off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I know that when Balkan Treat Box opens up their thing in Webster, I'm oh, going to yeah, go there yeah. all the time. We're well, so excited about that. So. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's like the best news I had all week. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. So I like it. I'm going to make that question a little bit more specific. So sure. to riff on that, tell us about, not, not exactly places you like to go, but tell us about some uh, particular dishes or, or cocktails anywhere, or beers or whatever that you've had? Yeah, that you for think sure. people ought to know about? Um, who trying to think. Because clearly, I've had a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so many great ones at that. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Currently, one of my favorite cocktails is the flotation device at Retreat. Um, I have to pull it up what's in it right now, but it's a perfect mix of like savory. I know there's like a set, I think there's sesame infused kina kina in it. Um, Whoa. And I think Tim, I, and you know, like, I, I think this is correct, but I remember when he was like doing R&D, he was like, yeah, he's got like this crazy inspiration from orange chicken. And like orange and, and sesame uh. just sounds like a good idea. Huh. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'll try it. And it's a fantastic cocktail. And he uses a rum fire in it. Um, and rum fire, have you had rum, rum fire? It comes in like a plastic bottle. It's blue and red, shiny label. Oh, I don't it's, think so. it's, no, no. it's not the greatest like thing by itself. It's like real hot, huh. but uh, a lot of people are using it because it, it's funky and it's it's like it feels overproof. It, what precisely know, is it? It's just uh, a overproof rum. People think when they look at it, they're just thinking like, oh, this is like Fireball, but uh, rum. But it's not that at all. It's just oh, yeah. it's just rum fire. That's wow. the only thing I can say. So I've never heard um, of it. Planner's House has a new thing that I just discovered called uh, 
things called Paranubis. Uh, it's Oaxacan rum. Um, wow. I've been really into rum lately. <laughs> so, um, but Oaxacan rum. So, uh, it has all the smoky, savory qualities of a good mezcal mm. with the slight astringency of a tequila with the sweetness and the funkiness of a rum. And in my opinion, it's just like perfect. Mm. So I've been really, really digging that lately. And then occasionally you'll find me at a polite society drinking a green chartreuse VEP because they have it there. Mm. <laughs> Vintage chartreuse is just to die for. Really? So cool. I think that restaurant's underrated. Yeah, yeah same. It's really good. And the hospitality, hospitality is really good. Really yeah, nice. no doubt. No doubt at all. Um, I just don't find myself going there just because like I... It's kind of like, I view it as a special occasion restaurant. Mm. You know, it's not somewhere I can go, like, all the time and just be like, hey, I'm going to get a burger and, you know, mm. hang out and drink a beer. Yeah. There's something about it that makes me feel like this is a special occasion restaurant and um, I'm going to go here every once in a while. But I really need to give it, like, more of a chance of just, like, a neighborhood hangout spot. You know what I mean? So, mm. and plus when I'm down there already, it's like, most of the times I start off at Planner's house and Ted just pours a bunch of shit it's just like alright you're drunk <laughs> there was one time there's this one time where he uh, it was just before so a, like a little over a year ago um, May of 2017-ish uh, my girlfriend Megan and I um, we were like celebrating like a like a like an anniversary and we we're about to graduate um, from SLU and Ted had just gotten back from Mexico and I was like, hey, Ted, I haven't been seeing you in forever. Like, what's new? And he's like, oh, yeah, I got all these, like, tequilas and mezcals. Mm-hmm. And it's slow that night. And he goes, you want to try them? I go, yeah, sure, I'll like, try a couple. <laughs> he brings down, I shit you not, seven different, like, mezcals. Mm-hmm. And just pours, like, an ounce and a half each of oh, <laughs> all the bottles no. from Megan. And Megan, yeah. like, she likes mezcal occasionally, but, like, she, it's not her favorite thing. So, like, I basically yeah. had, like, two ounces of each. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> It was a lot, and like I, I hadn't even ordered a drink yet, and I was like, I'm seven mezcals deep right now, and I am drunk, and and I need to buy a cocktail. So we got a cocktail, and uh, one of the bartenders had bought it for us because I bought him a drink when I saw him out, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I still haven't paid for anything. And then the, and then at the end of the night, Ted was like, ah, it's, it's a dollar. <laughs> happy, uh, <laughs> like, you know, happy graduation. And I was like, yeah, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> so, nice. I don't know. You'll find me just trying new spirits. I'm always trying to find something new um, and just trying to, like, experiment, you know, and try totally. some, some new things. So. That's been trying to be our, our mantra lately since we've, we've been to a lot of places. And we'll see something new on the menu, whether it's food or drink. I'm like, eh, I don't, it, might, it might be good, might not, but let's just try yeah. it. Life mm-hmm. is short, you know? Exactly. Just try it. And, like, of course, like, as you know, we all have our favorites. Um, like, one of my favorite cocktails ever is, like, a really well-done, just a Sazerac with, like, a fourth of an ounce of green chartreuse mm-hmm. in it. just makes me really, really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, kind of my fallback, uh, kind of my litmus test, too. But it's kind of like, but, you know, if I go to a new place especially, it's like, I'm not going to get that until I've had one of their cocktails. Because I know they sure. put a lot of hard work into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, it's like, they wouldn't put it on the menu if they didn't think it was good, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, that's kind of like my, just kind of like eat and drink everything and find out what you like and what you don't like. And if you don't like it, you don't have to have it again. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I generally order an old-fashioned and not tell them how to make it and see what mm-hmm. they come up with. For sure, because there's so many ways to make an old-fashioned. Yeah. Yes. yes, there are. And, like, it's crazy to think, like, like the old-fashioned. I have a whole book on it and I had it as a like a Christmas gift it's just like it's crazy to think that you know back in the early days they called it an old fashioned and no one really knows what the original recipe is right yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the original cocktail you know exactly yeah it's perfect and when the, when it's right. oh I'm sorry no no, no you're fine no no you're fine oh. I was just saying like a, it's a perfect like a perfect drink um, yeah. if you do it right so yeah. it is 
I was going to say one of your favorite verses you got from Benjamin Bauer. Mm. It has cognac. It has original. I think the original fashion had cognac. In it. Cognac was very popular back in the day. I yeah. feel like, um, and the same with the same with the Sazerac too. Sazerac's uh, they use cognac. I mean, of course, being uh, Louisiana, um, being yeah. a French city, um, yeah. uh, it's just like Nola's like known for cognac and whatnot. It really wasn't until they ran out that they did the whole you know Sazerac. Uh, with uh, rye whiskey and whatnot, so. Mm. But yeah, cognac was really popular. I really haven't drank a lot of cognac, so mm. that's something I really need to explore, too. Mm. So maybe you'll find me talking about cognacs next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. So I think it's really amazing, I mean, your ability at age 23. Yeah. It really is. I mean, that's that's amazing, and like... Uh, I thank people for turning my... Uh, my low-key alcoholism in the hobby, right? <laughs> well, well, yeah, we have to talk about how, like, it's funny how our eating disorder has become, like, some kind of reason to celebrate. But. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no, so the way I got into all this is crazy. Like, I didn't start drinking until I was 21, um, and wow, I didn't amazing. really... Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and there was, like, there's not a... It was just so weird. I, I think the reason how I got into it was, like, I'm drinking now, this is cool and all, um... But I still don't know like a whole lot about it, and at that time I was watching Mad Men, um, and so of course being the the little twenty one year old that I am, being like, oh, Don Draper is a really cool dude. Uh, how oh do God, I be? You, you were twenty one when Mad Men. Came. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't I'm think it was so when I, had, I don't know it was when it came out, but I was definitely when I started watching it. <laughs> But I remember I was like, it's like, I really want to be like an enigma like him. I want to be cool. So I, I got the haircut. I wore suits. I was in a business school. This is great, right? And then I remember it was like, I'm going to drink an old-fashioned. And I remember it's like, it's not bad. And I mean, the first time I had it, it was like, you know, club soda, muddled orange, and maraschino cherry. It wasn't great. But I mean, like, yeah. as an introductory, like, mm. cocktail, like, to whiskey, I was like, oh, this is not yeah. so bad. My first bottle of scotch was like, uh, Clenlivet 12. And I Ooh. was like, I was like... I like this, but it's really sharp, and I don't really know what the hell to do with it. Sure. Um, so I stopped drinking scotch for a little bit. Um, and then uh, Megan, my girlfriend, her mom, uh, was like, I was like, yeah, like I tried scotch, and you know, I don't really like it. Um, she's like, well, you just have to try like good scotch. And mm-hmm. she was the reason why I, was, I had this whole mentality. It's like, you can't say you really hate anything. There's just, there's one out there for you. You just don't realize mm-hmm. yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when people are like, oh, I hate tequila, I'm like, well, have you tried like Codigo Rosa? It's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at the time, didn't like uh, tequila either um, until I had that. But um, Megan's mom was like, you have to try this scotch. It's really good. Just trust me. And she poured me some. And it was um, the Balvini 12-year single barrel. Ooh. And that was just, like, mind-blowing to me how much sure, yeah. flavor there was in that um, yeah. and just how much depth there was. And so that really got me into scotch. Mm. Uh, before I knew it, I was uh, the president of a small whiskey society called Barley & Mash. Hmm. Um, I was really, really into scotch. Um, I had a proper old fashioned. The first time I had a really good old fashioned was at the uh, the Ritz in Clayton. Um, I was meeting a teacher there, and they were like, "Yeah, let's get a drink." They have um, a good bar program there. Really they do. really do, and it's yeah. very underrated. No one yeah. really thinks to ever go to like the hotel yeah. lobby to get a We've drink. We've actually done a lot of photography for them. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. Yes, uh, it is. It's it's underrated. I need to go yeah. back. You know. Yeah. Um, so I had a proper old fashioned there, and I was like, "This is really, really cool." Um, and I was very like pro scotch anti uh anti bourbon um and then uh bourbon heritage month came around which i believe is september mm. uh so soon <laughs> but um my friend was like well for national bourbon heritage month you should just try to drink a new or a different bourbon every day mm-hmm. and so that's why i did and i fell in love with bourbon and then um that's how i got into whiskey and then around that time i was like i met tim 
And uh, he was like, all my bartenders, I have them read Death & Co. before they start bartending. Mm, um, wow. Which, wow. he was like, get the book, just read it, it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, that's what got me into craft cocktails, the whole way it's laid out, like, this is what it's like to work at night at Death & Co. And here's, like, different tools and, like, how they work and mm. different spirits and whatnot before they ever give you the recipe. Really got me into it. And the one I'm currently reading now is... Uh, um, Death & Co. is like kind of like my favorite book in the bar industry because I think it's just yeah. super well-rounded. Yeah. But the one I'm reading now, which is like Death & Co. on steroids, is uh, Jim Meehan's uh, Bartender Manual. Mm, um, it's yeah. like a giant car manual of just like everything yeah. you ever need to know. Um, and as someone who doesn't work in a high-volume bar, uh, it's really interesting. Really mm. interesting to read all that. So, yeah, yeah that's how I kind of got into uh, into it at a young age. Mm. And, you know, cool. thanks to John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, did the Death & Co. book kind of inspire your photography style? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I I was just like, I didn't realize you can make liquid in a class look so, so pretty. Oh, yeah. Um, and the way they do it. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say it inspired my style, but it really sparked in me. It's like, these shots are, like, gorgeous. Yes. And I think because, you know, I've never been to Death Row myself. I've never been to New York. Um, mm. Hopefully changing that sometime soon. There's one in Denver. There is one in Denver. We just discovered that. We didn't know that. We walked oh, you we did? to Denver. Yeah, in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, my God. This you is Death & Co. Why did you say this? <laughs> And went in, and it was wonderful. It's That sounds awesome. Is it really bright there? Is it's it the bright. Point? It is bright. Okay, because I like, know the one in uh, New York is very dark. Yes, this is like the polar opposite. Yeah, so that's crazy. So, like, it didn't inspire my style, like, from a composition standpoint. But I was like, you know, I didn't at that time I didn't have, like, a, a single light set or anything. I think that's what they do, because I feel like the one in New York is just very dark. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, it definitely sparks something in me, but I don't know mm. if it play to my composition at all. I don't know what my stuff is inspired from, though. Um, mm -hmm. Just a lot of Instagram scrolling, seeing beautiful pictures, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. Can I pour you guys some, some more booze here? Anybody? I'm still working on mine. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Yes. Just want to make sure. Okay, yes. cool. Thank you, Dev. I actually had two uh, Mario Rides here at Trust. It's good. It's it, really good. It's my favorite. I, I like the bitter kind of stuff like that. Same. Yeah, like the, the Bouvardier is my favorite cocktail. It's such a good cocktail. That's actually, yeah, yeah I think that's the drink that really got me into Amari because I was like, um, I I like the Negroni, but I was into bourbon at the time. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a Negroni with, with bourbon, right? Um, or just with whiskey in general. And I was just like, this is really cool. And then uh, then I got more integrated into the community here, and uh, now I have way too much Amari at my house. <laughs> and you're going to be doing an Amari, Amari party, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. I, 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 I'm working on it. It's not a commercial value yet, but it's like, um, it's fun. It's worse than ways to spend one's time. What, uh, what inspired you to uh, make your own Amaro? <sighs> we really love Amari. We really do. So you're just trying to find like that that make yeah. that perfect one for you guys that just fits I your guess. palate. And I and think also because, we were just talking with some bartenders and yeah. they said actually it's pretty easy to do yourself. Yeah, we're so kind of just geeky and like science yeah. experiments. Mm -hmm. so. I love it. And you don't get arrested for it because you're not distilling, you're just infusing. <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah. It's exactly. not like you don't have a still. We're just So what is the uh, base beer that you used? I've been using vodkas. Vodkas? Yeah. Oh, nice. First I use a really crappy uh, 100 proof vodka. You're not supposed to use 150 proof, but we use 100. Mm -hmm. um, but we, uh, I started using actually, um, oh, what was it called? From uh, Ponton Beach. Mastermind. Mastermind. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all American vodka, made completely locally, local yeah. stuff. And like, uh, it's, uh, it actually works pretty well. That's awesome. It's lower, lower proof, it takes longer to take hold. Sure, yeah, because the higher the alcohol content, the more the extraction rate, correct? But 
I don't have to cuddle anything because that's true. Yeah, I mix basically. It's all involved. All involves basically just uh, taking like various bitter things like ginger root, mm-hmm. various barks. Where do you find all that stuff? Like Pensy Spices or something? Pensy Spices Plus is an apothecary in Maplewood. We can go to. I never, yeah, never knew that. Uh, Cheryl's Herbs. That's Cheryl's right. Herbs. Yeah. Wow, I yeah. never knew that. And yeah. it's really fun because it's something to do that takes time. So mm-hmm. you have to be patient. But it's also something that involves a lot of science. It involves mm-hmm. geeking out. Mm-hmm. And just trying different things and experimenting. That's awesome. And so it's been just really fun for me. And like, uh, so as a general like 101, um, since I've never made my, I've done infusions and whatnot, but I've never made my own tomorrow. Uh, like if you had to describe it in like a paragraph, like what's like the simplified process? Is it just infusions or do you barrel age it? Or well, is yeah. there like a certain time like thing you have to do? Like every two weeks you have to check on it and like add a little more vodka or like how does that work? Well, basically um, you want to get some, get your spirits, your base spirit, and you want to put the stuff in it. And you just let it sit in a jar Avoid avoid the light, mm-hmm. and just let it sit for like basically half a month, maybe a month. Wow! Shake it up every day. Every day. Yeah, every day. Nice. Yeah. So that's that. It. After some time, it's probably a good workout. Well, it, <laughs> shake it, it vigorously. It, it, it feels to my OCD to do that. <laughs> um, it really does. It's like something I can do. It makes me feel good. I did that. Now I'm a good person. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, that's so great. Yeah, I'm a good tomorrow daddy. But. Um, <laughs> Nickname, new nickname right there on Instagram, Tomorrow Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> I got the Tomorrow Daddy on. Uh, that's but, a good um, cocktail name. Tomorrow Daddy. Daddy. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and just basically after about that time, you take it out, you open up again, and you kind of maybe see how it smells, how it tastes. It's going to be bitter, but if the overall flavor is nice to you, mm-hmm. you make a simple syrup. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use a different, I've been using like turbinado uh, yeah. sugar. Um, also, some uh, vanilla sugar that Christine makes. Nice. The sugar with some vanilla in it, like vanilla yeah, beans yeah. in it. And Sounds basically, you, you basically boil it up, let it cool, you mix it together, shake it up, and you repeat the process for another half month or a month. Wow. So it's a, it's a long process, but really not that long. No, and it's not that complicated either. That's cool. And then the results are kind of nice. And so I'm excited to try it at this, at this party, but what is, the, uh, what is the blend of uh, herbs and spices that you use? Well, it depends on which, which one you're tasting. Ooh. Um, one of them is based... Two, three? Four. Four? Okay. Wow. I have a fourth one brewing right now. Oh, okay, yeah. Nice. Um, but the, uh, basically, the first one is called No Filter. Mm-hmm. It basically is gentian root, um, allspice, juniper berry, sage, um, rosemary, thyme, um, I didn't write anything down. No, this you're fine. No, yeah, that sounds great, though. But, um... There's like, uh, oh, something else I'm missing there, but Secret Ingredient won't name it. Yeah. Okay, but, Secret Ingredient. So, and basically, um, then like the kind of mixture of the simple server we had, mm-hmm. I put together and came out okay. Mm-hmm. I did put in like an aging screw. Okay, gotcha. It's basically, it's a, a barrel, it's a little bit of barrel. Save. Yeah, it'll save there and there. It's nice, like, that's awesome. It went too far and took way too much, too much of the flavor, I think. Okay. Made it too smooth. Because it's supposed to be a digestive tea. It's supposed to be a little. It's supposed to be a little. Yeah, a little bite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little toothsome there. But um, the other one, um, um, Goldilocks. Goldilocks. It is about the same, but I. Um, I do that one. I think actually that one I let sit, brew longer. It's kind of the same mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, basically mix it together, and it's just kind of nice to mix between like age and not aged. Yeah. Um, and then another one, the Green Moon. Okay. That's one I've really been aiming for. Okay, nice. And Green Moon is it's a great name. 
Yeah. Well, basically, it's uh, supposed to be an alcoholic peanut lime pie. Ooh, that sounds phenomenal. And basically, it's 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 ginger root, allspice, juniper berry, um, there and also lime peel, mm-hmm. toasted lime peel. Oh, nice. And uh, vanilla bean. Sounds really good. And a couple other things too. They're secret, but. Uh, I'm so excited. This is gonna be great. And basically, and then uh, let you know, basically go on and like it did age a little bit of it, but also let some just sit for a while with a vanilla bean and to add more of a metal flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I want fully, but it's close enough. Nice. That's really awesome. And then uh, I gotta ask, what is your favorite? Like, what are you guys' favorite Omari right now? Um, yeah. Like, what's up? Oh, it's like off the top of your head. Like, what do, what do you think it's like really like? Omari Nino. So good. But also, I'd <laughs> I think that was the Negro. first one we were ever introduced yeah. to. I mean, because yeah. it just it's such a classic dessert wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we had a visit to um, Randolphi's. Nice. When we were With first Jeff introduced Mark to Jeff. Was there. Oh my god. And Jeff Moll is a, yeah. a Marl Mad genius. Yeah, yes. but he had just a Luciano Aventiversario or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but he could tell that we were really into it, and so we let us sample a bunch of them. Nice. So that was cool. Uh, but yeah, that was that was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I think my uh, one that comes to the top of my head is um, at home. I have a big bottle of uh, Amaro Sibilla. Um, I have that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, it's very honey forward, and yeah. that's great for like the winter. It's like one of my favorite winter Amaro. Like when it's just cold outside, you want something to really uh, to really lift your spirits. Um, and then there's another one I can't think of the name of right now, but I had it. Um, did you guys know Andrew Delinky when he was here? He's familiar. Andrew Delinke worked at Retreat and Planter's House. Uh, he moved mm-hmm. from uh, Cleveland Heath in uh, Edwardsville, Illinois, to oh. St. Louis. Um, he had a short stint here before he moved over, actually, to Denver. Um, so he works there now. But he introduced me to a... Oh, gosh, what is it called? It's this tart... I want to say it's like a vermouth... Um, but it wasn't double teatro, which... Double Teatro is also really, really great for the summer. Have you had mm-hmm. that one before? I think so. Double Teatro is, um, it's Koki Double Teatro, super tart, uh, really light, easy drinking, like vermouth, uh, mm-hmm. um, Amaro. And it's, uh, it's just phenomenal. That with a little tonic or just that by itself, the lemon peel over some ice. It's just, it's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect for like a hot day. Nice. Cool. Um, so that's probably like one of my favorites right now as well. The only problem with that one though is that it only comes in like a, 500 milliliter bottle or like 375 mm. so it's like mm-hmm. well <laughs> i drink this whole bottle like whoops <laughs> <laughs> gotta get a case <laughs> yep. yeah i hear you we were introduced to a really nice um fernet at death and co yes Do you recall what that was called uh i had a picture of it i thought but it's called Brolio or something like that or oh Brolio. yeah no no was it no well let me look at that i don't know but I'm I hadn't seen it here in St. Louis. Yeah, I never even heard of that. It was really, nice, really good. They have different kind of uh, apples. What was the one, the uh, Tracol? Oh, uh, yes, something like that. Yeah. Cool. Where Are these both Fernets? No, well, Tracol is like type of, a, kind of a gin, they said. Oh, nice. it, was it, was like a, it was like a grapple-like flavor. Okay, nice. Um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but the finest one from Deathico. There's a, there's, I have this weird mainly loves kind of hate relationship with Fernet uh, <laughs> because like when Andrew gets drunk and yes I'm speaking in the third person when Andrew gets drunk Andrew just loves Fernet yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. dangerous uh, my last bad experience with Fernet was uh, um, was at Taste New Year's Eve which mm-hmm. if you guys haven't been to Taste New Year's Eve it's like the party to be at really? yeah. um, mm-hmm. the party to be at for New Year's Eve it's like mm-hmm. 
$110-$120 to get in, but then everything on their menu and everything that's on the back bar is for you to drink. Oh. Unlimited. Um, Bralio. Not oh, Bralio, but Bralio. Fernet Bralio. Yeah, that stuff is delicious. That labeling looks really familiar, though. It's, it is very close to some of the summer things like that, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's so good. That sounds really good. We'll have to see if anyone has it in St. Louis. I yeah. haven't seen it. We saw it everywhere down there, but yeah. And they can find somebody who has uh, the rep who can bring it in. There you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I taste New Year's Eve. I drank like a whole bottle of mm. Fernet Valle. Have you had Fernet Valle? It's the like Mexican Fernet. Oh, I, I think so. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's like Maybe. Fernet made with like Mexican spices. Hmm. It's godly delicious. Is it V-A-L-L-E-T? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It is Nick spicy. Giovanni gave us some of that. Yes. God, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But you should never never drink a whole bottle of it. Then follow well, by a whole bottle of champagne. Should we drink a whole bottle of anything? Or champagne? Not really. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Bottle, but. Yeah. Exactly. That's but it's true. a... It was a it was a good time, but I love I love Fernet. I love uh, a good uh, Fernet has saved my life many a times after a big dinner, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. So for sure, for sure. I find like as we've gotten a little bit older and a little bit more mature into this food blogging thing, we're kind of into the more, you know, uh, mature things <laughs> and the the dinner finishers. Exactly. Will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have a Dutch tea at the beginning of the meal. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I am more of a Dutch tea person than an aperitif person. I'd say. For sure. No, I can feel that. Are you more of a brown liquor person than Cluedo liquor? I'd say so. Although recently I've been uh, really getting into just a wide variety. Um, I love those tannic, the, the tannic quality of anything that's, you know, brown, aged spirits. Um, it just adds a really certain cool like depth to a drink that I think that a lot of at least the way I view it is like a lot of um, like I don't know I'm trying to think of things off the top of my head like just like a blanco tequila or like mm-hmm. maybe like a three year old like three year old McCoy or something uh, those are good and they have their purpose um, but if I'm sipping on something I kind of want that age to it you yeah. know what I mean um, so definitely definitely feel that. But I'm on the same boat as you when you're like, I just want like sometimes before dinner I want to digest these because they're just <laughs> delicious, yeah. right? Yeah. So. They are. Good way to start a meal. Definitely. Speaking of ways to cap off your meals with, with liquor or mm-hmm. digestives or what what have you, have you ever been to any of Zoe Robinson's restaurants? Um, does Zoe do, um, can you name a restaurant again? She does Barley Frere. I've been to Barley Frere. E. Fredolini and I've been to e. Fredolini. Um, Billy Jean. I have not been to Billie Jean, but it's on my like list to do. Like, I have a feeling you would love Billie Jean. Yeah, it's oh awesome. Oh my god, really it sounds good. so good. I mean, I'm in love with Barley Frere. It's probably the yeah. sexiest restaurant in St. Louis. It's it is, it is a perfect environment for us. We always just love the hell out of it. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous, and the yeah. bar program. For being yeah. such a very small bar, yeah. it's very good. Well, actually, <laughs> Barley Frere introduced me to the, to the Bill Bonvier. Nice. Is that when I first had like, well, this is the most awesome cocktail I've ever had in my friend's That's awesome. Life. I just remember being... Uh, I haven't been there in a hot minute, but I remember I had a mind-blowing experience with their Gruyere souffle they had there, oh, yeah. Yeah. and I almost died. <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> For me, it's like, uh, my first time I met Zoe Robinson, I, I went there by myself, because uh, we used to live in Rainier there, and Christine was off doing something else, so I went there by myself, and like, uh, I got a, uh, basically a Sazerac, mm-hmm. and, and bone marrow. Whoa. So it's just, Whoa, that's I just so good. I was just slugging out of Sazerac and eating bone marrow and Zoe was like, hey, that's a very masculine meal you're having. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, thank you. That's <laughs> hilarious. I still have yet to do, uh, I mean, I've eaten the bone marrow at uh, Barley Frere. 
Um, but I've never done a, uh, a bone marrow luge. Have you ever done one before? Yes, we did. I did. Is it good? In New Orleans with Fernet. Oh, man. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, it was, it was good, but it was mostly for show. But, yeah. you know, it was What fun. is the, uh, the weirdest cocktail you've ever had there? Like, this is godly Ooh. delicious. It's very odd. I think okay, good question. Probably something I make, but uh, <laughs> probably the weirdest thing I ever had is uh, and I absolutely enjoyed it. It was the same night that I had um the seven mezcals from Ted mm-hmm. at uh at Planner's House, and um. But okay, by weird do you mean bad taste or just different? Or different? Just great? different. Just like okay. something you've never had, you've never had before. For me, it was uh, a there's this one um, it's this mezcal de Leyenda, um. That's just this really small batch mezcal that, uh, and it's the Durango. Um, it was like the Durango blend or whatever it was. But this one just tasted just like a charcuterie board, and it was just like very smoky, very meaty, um, kind of sweet. Uh, has this kind of like little bit of like a tartness to it, like if you're having like a shooting or something. Um, but I was like Ted, I never order this, but I need this in my life. I need to get this mezcal in a more dirty martini mm. and he's like well we don't have blue cheese stuff olives but i can get you like a cheese plate and like and like some olives and that was just like the most perfect uh. weird cocktail it was so salty mm. but it was uh. so good and it was just perfect <laughs> interesting something's going to mind like some kind of like habanero cocktail yeah. of some sort i'm trying to remember habanero there's something that was so spicy i was like i can't drink this talk about indigestion it's like something infused with habanero mm. where it was some kind of cocktail. I don't know. Um, in St. Louis? I don't remember. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind for me, maybe not too weird, but just uh, for ingredient in a cocktail, was at uh, Fraser's. Okay. You've been there? I surprisingly have yet to go to oh, Fraser's. Yeah. I need yeah. to. I know. Oh, wow. I just recently yeah. met uh, Zach Stout, who works Great there. Great guy. Amazing yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really like him. Yeah. Um, and then I just hear, I, I think the problem is that, like, like I said, I have this love-hate relationship with Fernet, right? And everyone tells me, just get ready to drink a bunch of Fernet when you go to Frazier's. And there's never a time where I'm like, I'm so ready to drink a bunch of Fernet right now, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I need to get down there. Maybe I'll do that this week. Yeah. So. Now that you think, okay, so there are actually two drinks I've had from Frazier's that are really weird. Uh, one of them has boba in it. Oh, wow. It yeah, has nice, cantaloupe yeah. juice in it. Whoa. Uh, I can't remember. It's kind of a tiki cocktail, but it's good. Yeah, nice. I, I really like boba. I yeah, I love boba, too. And then, okay, so <laughs> Frazier's has this drink that Terry has created. It's called the Buzz Button. Buzz Button. Oh, Lord, does it have, like, a you, you prickly have, pear or um, something? No. You just have to try it. It's an experience. It's something, it's almost like an Alice in Wonderland thing. There's something you eat. And then you sip on some seltzer water, and then you drink a cocktail. Yeah, it's basically, it's a flower. It's almost like a magic... Almost like a psychedelic. Well, but it's not. Well, basically... <laughs> Just it's, for your mouth. Yes. This thing that used to be sold to call a magic pill. And basically, it turned anything as sour to sweet. Oh, wow. That's That's crazy. what this thing does. Yeah. yeah. And how long does that last? Just for, like, the amount of time it takes to eat that cocktail? Drink that cocktail? Or, like, it lasts a little longer. Night? It's a point you About may want to order another one. Gotcha. About wow. an hour. Some people... I did not like the experience. Um, <laughs> it just depends. Uh, but you, they give you a flower to eat before you drink the cocktail, and it just reacts differently with each person's um, pH level. Wow. Yeah, so That's buzz wild. button cocktail. Do they still have it? Probably. Mm. Probably. I think it's, it's kind of like a thing that people just whisper talk about. For that, sure. Yeah. It might not be there. Yeah. yeah. That's well, crazy. I remember the worst thing I ever had. Okay. Yes. Beef broth and bourbon cocktail. Ooh, wow. That sounds... Man, that what sounds like that? a bowl of pho. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. 
Um, I think it might have been uh, Rooster early days or something. Hmm. I don't know. It, it was actually kind of basically their. Um, they had for, uh, Bloody Marys. Oh yeah. They had one that she was uh, beef broth in it too. Mm-hmm. I thought there was something where maybe it wasn't there. But if I remember, it was actually something. that was like a variation of that they had for the special. Yeah. Wow, beef so broth in a cocktail. It wasn't there. I get fat washing, but man, that's a yeah. that's a whole step yeah. further. Yeah. What's the uh, the best cocktail you ever had? I can, I can for sure name the best cocktail I ever had. Well, you know what? There's a lot of really good ones. Um, I said I said Boulevard at Barnold's Fair. Mm-hmm. Back was it the night that Tommy goes his name? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, a couple years. But ago. Um, the good night was for Preston at the Preston. Mm. That's a really good cocktail. <laughs> a really really good bar program too. Oh yeah. I mean, because they had Joshua Johnson and like Sasha Alms there. Mm-hmm. Who are just amazing bartenders, amazing massologists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat for anything. You know what? Um, the martini at uh, Benevolent King is, is one it of the best. Really? Yeah. Is. I still have yet to go there, too. Man, I've been really oh, slacking. You guys make it feel like I've not gone anywhere. Well, we're just people eating his words and we're luscious. So it's all going on. And we have, some, we have a website and a Instagram accounts are justified, but yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh yeah, but that martini at Benevolent King. So we're not, we're not martini drinkers. No, we're not. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this, it's I I'm not a fan of martinis because they're not sweet enough for me. Mm-hmm. I tend to err on the sweet side. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one has a little bit of orange flavoring in it. Okay. And cool. I mean, it's a gin martini, right? Is it the um the origin gin from uh? I thought it was a vodka martini. I'm not sure. Good know. question. Because but that origin probably... gin is very orangey. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It could good. be it. But that's a really good martini. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm sure. yeah. Very clean. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of flavoring too. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a famous bar back in the mm-hmm. day. Back in the time I used to go to Faux Grand back in the day. Yeah. They had they had a martini too that thought me made me into a martini person because mm-hmm. it was so good. <laughs> they were else awful. <laughs> but their martinis were so spot on. It's just perfect. Yeah. I think the most perfect cocktail I've ever had was, uh, and I don't know who created this, but uh, the, um, what's it called? The abduction cocktail from Taste they had on their menu oh, a while yeah. back. It was duck fat washed. It's bourbon, right? It was, no, it was duck, it might have been bourbon. I don't know what the base I thought, was. I remember they had some duck washed bourbon drink. Some it was, I know for a fact, it was a duck fat washed Grand Marnier, mascarpone cheese, black pepper, lemon, lavender. It was just like, it reads, I just read it, I was like, this sounds like the weirdest thing I would ever, ever had. And it just comes out as this like super desserty like cheesecake. Drink. Yeah, it had like mascarpone and black pepper. Yeah, and it was and, so yeah, good. Yeah, I had two. That was good. Probably the best cocktail I've ever had. And I, I don't know who created it, and I don't know uh, where to get that recipe, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, I know we're big about promoting St. Louis, but when we were in Denver just last week, we had this chocolate Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Wow, chocolate that Manhattan. Was perfect. Does it? This is not like how? How did they get the chocolatey note in it? Was it just like a like an infused? It was a chocolate infused bourbon. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. they do in house and everything. I think. And basically, it wasn't cloying. It wasn't sweet. Yeah, that's what I used to expect. Perfect, savory chocolate uh, edge to this. It was so smooth. It's so strong. It's so... It's Mm -hmm. just perfect. That sounds amazing. Yeah. The, uh... Something along those lines, um, kind of segueing, but, uh... About restaurants I really, really enjoy. One of them that I frequent more than I uh, thought I did is uh, Nathaniel Reed Bakery. Um, that was, uh, (laughs) that was like the first, uh, time I've ever cried eating food. (laughs) It was, um, 
I was like, because I'm not a sweets person. Like, when I wake up for breakfast and brunch, it's like, I'm going to have, uh, instead of waffles, I'm going to have, like, eggs benedict or, like, bacon and eggs mm-hmm. or something, because I'm more of that savory fan. I don't really like sweets. Um, but I remember I had his amber, which is, like, you know, like, the caramel pastry uh, thing, and I was just expecting it to be, like, overly sugary, but I had that, and it was a crazy how it was, like, savory and smoky and sweet and a little tart, and I just remember I was just like, I've never had food this good, and I just, like, bawled my eyes out, <laughs> I was like, and he comes up, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm good, man. <laughs> it's fine. They've got a good thing going there. They really do, and it's, like, it's crazy how it's just, like, in the middle of, like, a Kirkwood strip mall in Manchester, you know? It's very easy to miss. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. No, you're fine. Right. No worries. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. I do that all the time. Uh, okay. So. Well, maybe I'll just wrap this up then. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first off, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we did not ask you? Anything hmm. at all? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. No. I mean, uh, I've talked a lot about people who, like, really, I think are influential in the, uh, in the St. Louis community. Um, talk about my favorite places to eat and drink. Uh, I think I talked a good amount about uh, photography. So, mm-hmm. unless there's something else you think uh, that I missed or that we didn't touch base on. I don't think so. We covered a lot of bases. So then I'll, ju- I'll just wrap up with tell people listening, uh, how can they find you in person or online? Sure. all your sets? Yeah, yeah. so uh, the best way to reach me is by Instagram, actually. I'm on it all the time. Uh, that's Andrew Trin Photography. Um, so that's Andrew T R I N H Photography. Um, I'm on there all the time. I probably should post more, but uh, I do. You know, that's uh, that's where you can find me, or you can just uh, find me on Facebook. I'm on there too. So mm-hmm. excellent. And then, do you have any asks or requests for the folks listening to us? Hmm. Can you give me an example? Like, uh, like, like, what do you mean by that? Well, like something you would like them to consider or think about or do. Doesn't even have to be related to food or photography or restaurants. Oh man. I think I want people listening to this just to be like open to new experiences. And like we said earlier, like that doesn't have to relate to the restaurant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, have a mentality that's kind of like, say yes and try something and you never know where it'll lead you. Um, I think having that mentality really opens up a lot of doors rather than trying to stay in a bubble that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Comfort is the uh, comfort is what leads to complacency and complacency leads to a boring life, right? <laughs> well <laughs> so, said. So, I agree. yeah, have a, like, go do something wild and, uh, um, but be safe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Don't trickle a whole bottle for net. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't do that. It's awesome. not a fun time. No. <laughs> No, it's not. It might feel good like for the first quarter, and then you're like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really, oh, really this is great. It. Yeah. Good deal. Oh, boom. I'm in school time to do this. Oh, boom. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> I'm Christine Guthrie with We Eat Stuff, and this has been another episode of We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. I would also like to encourage everyone to join our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash weeatstuff. There, you can become a sponsor of this podcast and all the work we do and be rewarded with cool stuff. We appreciate your support. Please join us next week for another interview. But in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye, guys.